teacher are? Is, is, am I all alone here? Uh, yeah, I don't My hear bad. anything. I, I forgot I was muted. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. I was, I was fixing something before we started, <laughs> and I muted myself, and then I remembered. Uh, foolish right. Rob. Nice <laughs> As I was saying, if, if that's a funny intro, sure, why not? Let's go for it. Hello, humans. Because <laughs> humans make mistakes. It is Rob here with Not A Robot Podcast, DC Comics Review Show number 125, the world's greatest comic show about the world's greatest superheroes. And with me, as always, as you heard them before and today, Brandon. Hello, everybody. And Josh. Hello, Earthling. Oh, apparently Marvin is here. <laughs> uh, yeah, Brandon, I think you are recording live on location from yes, a patio. live live from my palatial estate. Uh, no, there will be a, a little bit of a, a background noise. I apologize. It's just because we're traveling right now. Well, we've already traveled, but we're we're not at home, or I'm not at home at least. I'm I'm staying in a hotel with my family while we visit my brother. Um, so I'm recording outside because I don't have a private space to record. Um, but uh, at least I get to look at a beautiful sunset while I record. So I, I win in this scenario while the rest of you lose, which is really all that matters. You definitely do. Yeah. For me right now, it's, it's, it's pitch black and snowy. So oh, yeah. yeah. They are calling. Yeah. I live in Georgia, and they are calling for seven inches of snow on uh, December 25th. Oh, that's terrible. Lovely. That's horrifying. I'm gonna, I'm going to send a picture over to you, Rob, and make you feel incredibly jealous. <laughs> well, we've had 20 centimeters over the past night, which I think is, if my conversions are correct, is roughly five to seven inches. Mm -hmm. That's a Jeez, lot. Yeah, that, that is terrible. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just really too much. not that much. <laughs> yeah. It's too much. Uh, that's Yeah, that's still too much. Does it last that, on the ground honestly, longer than one here, hour? Yeah. The, so around here, in terms of all of Canada, the weather's pretty tame. At least, especially for Ontario or southern Ontario, it's pretty tame compared to the rest mm -hmm. of Canada when it comes to cold temperatures. But yeah. this, what I have right now, is actually nothing. <laughs> yeah. The storm we had last year that I got stuck in for five hours outside Oof. gave us two feet Yeesh. maybe I remember more. those days <laughs> yeah snow yeah. drifts lake that effect yeah we, we didn't get miss Michigan I tell you yeah. that much, we did not get too much snow upstate or at least upstate in Ithaca I think Syracuse got it much worse than we did but the, the problem is even when you get a little bit of snow if the temperature drops all that turns to ice which is even more deadly um, and we just have a lot of like unsuspecting ice just laying about and it's really not great So I was I was glad to get out of there because I I've not slipped on my ass yet, but I knew it was coming so <clears throat> Glad to not have that and they don't have any winter maintenance Sorry. so no one's salting the, the streets or anything You got to shovel yeah. it yourself, yeah. which is even worse. That's no good You need a proper maintenance yeah, right, Brandon, You, you spend a winter up here you could survive any winter, don't you? Oh, God. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. 
All right, so before we get into even more, I guess I'll get the uh, the intro stuff out of the way. So if you ever want to get in touch with us, you can send us an email to comics at notarobotpodcasts.com. And you can get us on Twitter at notarobotcomics and Instagram at narcomicbooks. And if you feel like supporting us, visit buymeacoffee.com forward slash narpodcasts, where you can also gain access to our very own Discord server, where we are always talking about something. In fact, today, the past couple of days, we've been talking all sorts of movies, with uh, which a good transition into news, uh, DC movie news, the new Barbie trailer that came out today, uh, all sorts of movies. I think some horror stuff. We were talking about scary dolls yesterday. <laughs> Apparently, Josh, you, you're deathly afraid of those things. I don't blame you if it's a Furby. Josh? Hello? Hi. Hi. Can you hear us? Or you yeah, I can hear, hear you. Ah. I was talking to you. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, man. I stepped. Uh, I had to step up and grab my medicine. I forgot. Oh. I, 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 for, <laughs> I had forgotten to take it. <laughs> no worries. Uh, no, I was. I was mentioning how yesterday we were talking about uh, scary dolls in the horror section. Oh God! You know, yes. You see yuck. The beast that, I, I. I would not. I, I mean, I'd agree with you if it was a Furby. Because those <laughs> things are creepy. No. Oh, no. Any doll of any kind, basically, can be creepy as hell. As long as it's humanoid, it can be creepy as hell. Some of them don't have to be, but if, if, if they look like a human, they can be creepy as hell. And um, I, men- I mentioned it in the, d- the Discord when we were talking about it. The uh, creepiest doll I've ever found, I was, uh, I was bumming around in a... Uh, in a Goodwill, a thrift store, and um, the, you know they've always got the houseware aisle, the clothing aisles, the tool aisles, and then there's usually a what the fuck is this aisle? That's my favorite yeah. aisle. And, <laughs> <laughs> and 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 um, and on that aisle, I walked through, and there was this doll, man. It was like about ten inches tall, and the whole thing was white, like bone ass china white can't get any whiter right um the whole face lips everything all completely white dress white the hair this very matte not shiny at all looking white and no eyelids just black eyes and i still think about that fucking doll it's creepy as shit and i know it doesn't sound like much but yeah creepy as shit and i uh Nope, I'm I'm good on I'm good on dolls. I'm I'm good on yeah. dolls. That is fair. That that does not sound <laughs> fun. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Especially the the glass dolls. For me, the ones where the eyes move by themselves when they actually close, they blink. Those ones yeah. freak me out. Those are fucked I up. Can't stand them. <laughs> All right, so Not before we get into major fan. news, I'll just uh, mention our books. Today we're looking at Wildcats, number two, Batgirls, number 13, Batman Inc., number three, Danger Street, number one, Dark Crisis, Big Bang, number one, I Am Batman, number 16, Wonder Woman, number 794, Superman, Son of Kal-El, number 18, and believe it or not, there's actually some books left for a couple of honorable mentions. We've got a lot to talk about this week. Uh, 
but yeah, before we get into that, uh, there is a little bit of news we could talk about that I have uh, that's oh. been, been a big discussion point with us the past couple of days, and that's the news uh, official, because there's been a lot of, of jumping the gun, and I, I, that's a bit of a pun, <laughs> on DC movie news recently uh, from a lot of sources, a lot of news sites just kind of spilling beans that don't necessarily exist. Um, about the future of DC movies from James Gunn and Peter Safran. The one thing we can confirm is that Henry Cavill is officially no longer Superman for like the, the fifth time. Uh, and he's moved on to other projects, specifically a Warhammer 40k movie slash series with Amazon Studios, which is exciting because I hear he is a huge Warhammer fan. So that's good for him. Uh, it is a shame he will not be Superman anymore, but we'll see what happens in the future. These things do happen. Uh, showbiz is always changing. It's It's been a, a thing for decades. But there, he, James Gunn has said that they are still in talks with Henry Cavill to have him in some capacity in the future within the movies. That remains to be seen what it is because, of course, they're still talking about it. So he's not completely out. He's just not necessarily going to be Superman. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I mean I did see one article that said that the Matt Reeves Batman will remain separate and won't be a part of the new universe building going forward but that was just one article all that being up in the air has my it's like ooh I really don't want that I do not want Batman in a Justice League. No, I think that and Joker are going to be its own things. Their own things, rather. I think Gunn and Saffron, they're trying to just start fresh. I fucking hope so. Maybe they tried to come up with a way to incorporate the past, and they might have some characters and actors come back in their previous roles. But it might be easier just to start fresh and and do it right take your time get the right stuff going don't have as long as it's done right i'm cool with it and sprinkled around okay as long as it's done right i'm cool with it yeah that's all that matters but uh yeah i mean i i i've always known ben affleck is he's will never i'll not i'll never see him in the batman suit again after flash but uh, my fingers were crossed for for old Henry there, but um, I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens. He's talking about starting out from young Superman. Yeah. How young remains to be seen. Uh, keep well, in mind at least this be a reporter, is this with lots of friends. Oh, okay. We know that much for sure. I mean, because yeah. we we are we are talking about the guy that did Brightburn. <laughs> I forgot <laughs> that he was, a, he was part of that. <laughs> oh, yeah. But he he didn't direct it or anything. He just, what, he produced or wrote it or something, right? I think it was well, producer. Think, uh, say... I, I know he I didn't direct Brightburn it. I was his had, baby. I think he was a writer. Maybe he wrote it. Let me, but still, that would lead me to believe that... I think I think he'll approach it 
I think he, he will approach it well. I'm just curious as to the age and the way that they're going to handle it, and I hope to fucking God it's not Frank Miller. Yeah. Uh, he is producer. Uh, Brian Gunn and Mark Gunn wrote the screenplay. I, I'm not sure who they are in relation to James Gunn. You know, part of the guns. Bang, bang. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I have no oh, idea. Yeah. yeah, probably. I would assume so. So he's definitely attached to that in a familial sense. Um, yeah, that's been it in the movie world recently. I believe. I mean, as far as I know, the the of oh, the, the the shit with DC is gonna be very slow coming all the way up until it's time to talk about the movies that have come out and hell that's gonna take a whole year to get through yeah as long as they follow a, a simple rule don't try to catch up to Marvel there's no need there's no way to catch up at this point you don't need to do that just let them do their thing and then you do your thing it's not a competition as this is one thing I find hilarious when it comes to the modern fan, when it comes to the movie business now, that us comic fans, we got through our whole Marvel versus DC nonsense in the 90s. And since then, we've kind of just accepted that both exist and everybody's happy. But now that the movies have come out and that competition is in, the modern fan is at that again. It's all Marvel versus DC, and the comic fans are just like, God, catch up. <laughs> Nobody cares anymore. <laughs> We've been right. through this. <laughs> Get over it. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, what uh, What do you guys got though? Any Any interesting stuff going on? That you've not heard a whole lot in man. your lives. Not a yeah, whole not lot. not too much. I I really just wanted to pimp one thing out. Um, and this is, uh, it yeah, this is yeah, this is this is a comic that I, I have been eagerly anticipating and was very excited to finally get a chance to read earlier this week. And that Batman is Batman Spawn. Uh, no, absolutely <laughs> not. But I'm sure we'll get to that. Um, but no, this is a new book from Boom Studios, who have have slowly worked their way uh, to becoming one of my favorite uh, comic publishers at the at the moment right now. And that is a book called A Vicious Circle from Mattson Tomlin, who we know from the uh, Batman Imposter miniseries earlier this year and uh, a fan favorite of the show um, and, and uh, a recent discovery of Josh's, uh, Mr. Lee Bermejo. I actually had the mm -hmm. opportunity to meet at uh, Fan Expo Boston, but I kind of forgotten about that just so long ago. Um, but it's a phenomenal book. I, I read it on Tuesday um, and I was just blown away. Um, and I'd, I'd seen the previews, everyone had seen the previews, and it, it looked really excellent, had a great high-concept story and all of that. But actually getting the chance to sit down and read it was, was something else. Um, so nice. I'm, like, I, I'm like shouting it from the highest mountains, like, everyone, please read this book. It's so great. I, I admit the, the price is a little high. It's just because it's an oversized book. Um, it's, it's got the size of the DC Black Label books, if, if you're familiar with those, where it, has the oversized art format, but it is just absolutely worth the price of admission. And really just a phenomenal read. And it's, I believe it's only three 
issues. Uh, so it's not you know too serious of a commitment, but definitely worth your time uh, if you're looking for something good to read in this holiday season. So um, I, I highly recommend it. I'm going to continue recommending it um, as as subsequent issues come out. But uh, yeah, no, very pleased with that one. Wanted to to pimp that out a little bit. I'm not getting paid for this, by the way. I, I would gladly take a check from Boom, but um, I don't course, know if they do course. promotions. Yeah. And they're just like, Boom, here's some money. Yeah, please. Whoa, I'll take I'll take the check. Goodness. You don't even have to pay me in money. You just pay me in free comps. I don't know, but. Ooh, even better. I mean, I think they do that if you're just reviewing them as well. Yeah, I would I would take that as well. Giving it to you for the work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, um, well, yeah, I think that's about it. Uh, I guess, well, I was gonna ask, uh, what are you guys reading this week outside of DC, if anything? But I guess, Brandon, you, you've you've already mentioned. <laughs> unless yeah, there's well anything that's else. that's that's one, I suppose. But I can I can let Josh go uh, before I mention another. No, actually, uh, actually, this week I've. I've uh, I had a I had a seizure here a, f- uh, a, a, oh, no. a number of days ago, and then some b- physical therapy, and my kids have been extra spicy, neuro spicy uh, this week. So, I have not had the the chance or the ener- energy to uh, to get around to really getting into anything. Unfortunately. Well, mm. sorry to hear that. Yeah. But I, I'm glad uh, you're yeah. feeling better now. Mm-hmm. Well, what That's about what about you, Rob? I don't want to hog up too much airtime. Uh, I honestly am. Well, I'm I'm on my continuing mission to slowly reinsert myself into the Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. Um, bit by bit, I've checked out. I'm a bit behind on my Marvel books right now. I still have two issues of Daredevil to read, <laughs> but mm-hmm. I checked out this week's Iron Man. I think it, it's it's pretty interesting. Uh, Fantastic Four uh, from Ryan North, I believe, has, has been really good. Dark Web with Spider-Man X-Men crossover has been interesting so far. Uh, yeah. It's the first time I've enjoyed Spider-Man in like 10 years. Interesting. I haven't well, we'll really have to enjoyed Spider-Man that. since before yeah. Dan Slott. <laughs> mm. yeah, I'd like to talk about that further because uh, this, this latest run of Spider-Man has been quite controversial. Um, oh, really? But, uh, yeah, no, just in, in a lot of different things, but that's that's certainly a discussion for another day. Um, yeah, I, I definitely but, want to uh, hear about that, because I haven't heard any anything about Spider-Man at all about this from Oh, yeah. I like. Yeah, no, it's, it's become quite notorious in some circles. Um, but, no, I mean, oh, a, as for yes. me, aside from uh, a vicious circle, it's it's been a, a very good week uh, for, for indie comics, I would say. I, I would almost say... Maybe it's time to write a post about it, but I'm not. I'm not sure. You didn't hear that from me. Um, nonetheless, <laughs> there's some some really great stuff. I'm I'm still enjoying the crap out of uh, Dark Ride, which is the new series from our our fan favorite writer Joshua Williamson, Andre Bresson. It's been it's been a lot of fun, and uh, the third issue came out this week. And uh, I, I would say if you're a theme park fan or even a horror fan, there's there's a lot here to keep you satisfied. I am neither kind of. So I don't know why I'm enjoying it so much, but it's it's been pretty good. Um, <clears throat> and then, um, as always, and Isaiah, if you're listening, 
I, I hope you have a big smile on your face. But the Ice Cream Man, feels like it's been a while since we've had the last issue, but uh, the most recent one came out and is uh, phenomenal as usual. Um, I have not got then, to it yet. It's that great. Yeah, it is also. just absolutely incredible. Um, yes, and yes. Yeah, it's, well, it's funny because Ice Cream Man also came out this week, but another book from the same team came out this week, which apparently is a reprint of an older series. It's called Art Brute, which is a reprint of um, Maxwell Prince and, and Martin Morazzo's book, The Electric Sublime, at IDW, which I'd never heard of, but I guess they just decided to, to reissue the series, because why not? Um, but I, I had the chance to read the first issue, and it was really good, just very creative. I, I, I want to do something on, on W. Maxwell Prince. I, is, is there's something about him that I can't quite pin down, but I want to I want to write something about him. Um, and then uh, Friday, which is the Ed Brubaker and Marcos Martin book um, from Panel Syndicate, but they they sort of syndicate it in trades through Image. Uh, also came out the second volume of Friday. I haven't finished it yet. I'm about halfway through because I haven't. I kind of got busy and wasn't able to keep up with the digital versions. But uh, Friday is always a delight, and it's it's very I don't know how to describe it other than just if you read it, you'll know. Um, it's 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 for anyone who ever read like those kid detective books um, when they were younger, like uh, Harriet the Spy or Meet the Graders, stuff like that. Um, it's 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 got it's reminiscent of that, but it's it's got like a yeah, it's almost got like a postmodern approach. Again, I don't I don't have the right words for it, but if you read it, you'll you'll sort of uh, maybe get a better understanding. Um, yeah, no, lots of lots of great books outside of the the usual superhero circuit this week that uh, are really worth your time, worth checking out. Right on. And when when was it? Uh, it was last week, I think. Dual Power Bomb ended. Yes, that was. Uh, yeah. yeah, I believe last week issue seven came out. That was also right. a really really what strong ending. That was. Josh, did you ever get a chance to check that out? Dual power bomb. Yeah. Actually, that's what I was going to start reading, and um, it's solely because of the way that you guys were describing how um, emotional it was at the end. Yeah, no, it's oh, it's really great. Um, definitely yeah. one of my favorite books of the the year. Definitely, I, I agree on that. Well, I guess I'm gonna have to check it out now. And, dear listener, if you also have not checked it out, definitely check that yes. out. Do a powerbomb. Yeah, power phenomenal. Yes. Daniel Warren Johnson doing pretty much everything, uh, save for the colors, which I believe are Mike Spicer is usually collaborated. Just incredible. Yeah. And I, I would say as someone who knows next to nothing about wrestling, you don't have to know about wrestling to enjoy it. I hear it helps, but I, I know virtually nothing, and I still had a great time reading the story. And as someone that does know about wrestling, it is also still really good to see the, the, the almost meta discussion about wrestling that goes on in it. It's fantastic. Yeah, I almost wish I could learn more about wrestling, or maybe I should, so I could, I could pick up, see if I could pick up on some of the meta commentary about wrestling. Tune in on I mean, Fox, we're if, raw. If you have a free war. afternoon one day, we can go through it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think well, it's funny because Josh, Josh yeah, knows they, a lot um, of it too. Yeah, I, I have a friend, a, a friend I went to uh, to C2E2 with earlier this year, 
who I like discovered was a, a huge wrestling fan. Like he was in the closet about it. And I was like, when, when was this a part of your life? Cause I've known him since high school. And he was like, since like the, since like my third year of high school, I was like, why did you ever say anything? Like he was, yeah. was I guess had been very cagey about it. Um, mostly cause I, I guess none of yeah. us really knew anything about it. Expressed me. Yeah. Ah, see what yeah. I did there. Um, yeah, so I, I was like shocked, um, and and uh, it, it came out because we we met Daniel Warren Johnson, you know, at his at his booth in Artist Alley, and he was like, oh wow, I didn't know he did like fan art of of some Mexican wrestler that I'd never heard of, and he starts like talking about like all these different things. I was like, where did this come from? So uh, there, there might be something there because um, I, I trust his opinion. So if he likes it, then um, you know maybe maybe there's something for me to enjoy as well. I, I grew up on this shit. I, I mean, I, I grew up with family members that just started me out as a young child watching uh, the old WWF. I've drifted in and out and in and out, more in over the course of my lifetime. And um, I was off for a while, but I just started watching it again, actually. And basically, it's, it's, it's not changed very much. Um, the gimmicks are are a little bit less, a little bit. Um, there's much more female wrestling, which is cool because there's some incredible athletes. Um, oh yeah, they're, they're they're really good. Sometimes it's pretty cheesy storylines, but I mean it's an all right time. Consider yeah. it like sitting back and watching a popcorn movie. Pretty sure, much. yeah. That sounds good. But if, if you are getting into wrestling, there's there's three things. If you want to get into the history of wrestling or specifically the WWF, there's three things you need to know. And Josh <laughs> is going to get all of these. There is the Montreal Screwjob. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's Brett the Hitman Hart. Right, yeah. You suck. That's Kurt Angle. <laughs> and that time Undertaker threw Mankind off 50 feet of Hell in a Cell. Holy <laughs> shit. Yeah. <laughs> and by God, as God is my witness, he is broken in half. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You know, JBL just came back. Oh, he's on, he's on uh, AEW, isn't he? No, he's back with the WWE now. No or at shit. Least oh, at least he's going to be up next week. John Cena's coming back, too. I don't know what the hell. Probably just for the holidays, I guess. That'll be a good time to tune in. <laughs> God, I, I miss. Uh, see a JBL? No, uh, not JBL. <laughs> what did you say? Did you say JBL? Yeah. No, it's not JBL. <laughs> That's Bradshaw. <laughs> or, uh, oh my God! Now you said JBL. I can't think of his name. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Mysterious King JBL, Lawler and no, it's not JBL. JBL was the his his he was with Farouk in the APA back in the nineties and early two thousands. Oh yeah, this is the Bradshaw. Cowboy. Yeah, J well JBL later on he was he when he was a heel his gimmick was a rich cowboy and he was an asshole. Oh well, that's who it is then. Well, no, that's not the guy that goes by God. Well, no, I wasn't saying that, but that's who's coming back to the. That's who's coming back to oh, WWE. Oh, okay. No, I thought I thought you were talking about. God, I can't think of his name now. 
Oh, you know who uh, I'm talking about. Though, he's right, got the Josh? big old fucking jowls and uh, um, JJ. Yeah. He's got oh, the barbecue sauce. Jr. Jim JR. Ross. Yeah. Good old Jr. Hey. Goodness. Oh, that was gonna bug me for the rest of the show. <laughs> yeah, Speaking and that's the, the fourth thing you need to know is uh, Jerry the King Lawler <laughs> and Jim Ross are the best commentary duo to ever exist. Okay, I'm, I'm taking taking all these notes, written them down, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep them in the back of my mind <laughs> as I learn more. Definitely. Yeah, if we will we will go okay. through an afternoon, watch some videos, check out some matches. Yeah. We'll show you the the highlights. Excellent. Sounds like a plan. Yes. One day oh, you will right. have a favorite wrestler, and it may or may not be Randy Orton. <laughs> Better not be Randy. Orton. Okay. So that's enough about an entirely different medium of fandom. Let's get into the whole reason we're here. And I guess that's comic books. Uh, but first off, some honorable mentions, if Josh, you would not mind telling us about what we've got this week. Sure. We have a whopping two honorable mentions I'm bringing to the table this week. First, Batman Spawn. So awesome. It felt just like reading comic books like back when Image first started. So that so awesome at the beginning of this was completely sarcastic. I feel like oh. McFarlane has... Thank God, because I, I nearly fainted. I was like, you can't be fucking serious. Like, we disagree on a lot, make no mistake, but I thought, I thought you'd at least be in my corner on this. Oh, 100%, man. He has not... His writing style has not grown whatsoever since oh, way back it's in... like... I, I couldn't believe how bad it was. Yeah. I think it's actually I, I gotten worse. I couldn't even finish this. Because I, no, I, yeah. to be fair, I was reading it in bed at 10.30 at night, but I fell asleep. <laughs> yeah. Normally I wake it's... up and finish the book, but I fell asleep. Oh, I, I don't blame just you. Just flipping through pages. It, it's, it was just, and what the hell was going on? With him on the inks, I can't help but wonder if that's why, while I was looking at some of these panel, panels, I'm like, there's no way Greg really drew no, but yeah, it's not yes. his usual anchor. Yeah, yeah, that's why. And I'm glad you yeah. noticed that too. Because I, well, I love Todd. I, I love Todd. Make no mistake. The Todd father is one of the best people that I have never met, but is, is always entertaining to watch and hear about. But he, he has, let's just say that his art has, has changed a lot in recent times. And it's been a while since he's been inking stuff that is not his. And I think it shows. Though he's always been like that. If you go and look at old pieces of art that Todd McFarlane inks, you will know that it's Todd McFarlane because he has a very heavy hand and it, it sort of transforms the art into his, which I think is hilarious yeah. because people accuse him of having a giant ego and his art is literally the embodiment of that. Um, <laughs> that's, that that's why people yes, love indeed. him. Um, anyway. I mean, he does have <laughs> massive talent. Yes. And in his prime, absolutely phenomenal. Make no mistake. Artistically speaking. Writing. Um, yeah, it's like, it's about the same. Just, yeah, just, just, just read it for yourself. Like, I, sh I don't even have the, to say anything. Yeah. Just or try and read know. the book. If, if, if reading McFarlane and, uh, from, like, back in the 90s sounds like your cup of tea, then go ahead and grab it. Otherwise, this is definitely one that you could skip. Um... Harley Quinn Uncovered, man. Now, I love art, and I really like how Harley Quinn, love her in the right creative team's hands. 
this book is freaking gorgeous. Um, so much beautiful yeah. art. Uh, there was just a little itty bitty tiny piece of Rosmo, and then the rest of it was gorgeous. And uh, thank you, DC, <laughs> for that. Uh, most of the most of this is poster worthy. Uh, I'm I'm super happy with it. So if you're into that kind of thing, I suggest it. That one I definitely can. Yeah, with well, even like a is. tiny bit of story involved with Harley with some word bubbles, really just yes, revisiting her own life. It was, it was it was really cool to see. There's a lot of a lot of interesting art. Yep, a lot of a lot of a lot of good stuff. A lot of stuff I forgot, and then I, I want to say yeah. there was some new things, too. Yeah, I think there was some stuff for, like, upcoming issues and whatnot. All right, so that was our honorable mentions of the week. Very short and sweet. Speaking of short and sweet, let's get into some quick bites. First off, Wildcats. Brandon is going to tell us what that team is doing now. The the covert action team is that what they're called now or is that the old or crisis av team i think is the updated terminology yeah. but uh oh, okay. wow that sounded really nerdy um i don't know why i said it like <laughs> that like i'm jerry I mean, lewis that that uh, crisis that only av team is the updated terminology play. for the lexicon of the why oh. i don't know why it came out like that it sounded really funny anyway um yeah yeah um yes this is wildcats number two this issue was written by matthew rosenberg with art from steven segovia colors from elmer santos and letters from theron delgado after the second failed mission to capture a geneticist from the halo for the halo corporation and the discovery of the Court of Owls, the Wildcats are scrambling to figure out what to do next. Marlowe believes that the Owls likely aren't a threat and shouldn't be pursued, but after the Owls attempt his assassination, he begins to think differently. When news of the Wildcats goes public, however, Marlowe must shift his strategy completely and decides to finally unveil his heroes to the public, introducing the official heroes of the Halo Corporation, the Seven Soldiers of Victory, question mark, question mark. Um, really fun. I, I still Say am having a great what? time with this series. Yeah, I know. Didn't see that one coming. Um, but yeah, no, I'm still having a really great time with this series. And the art is, uh, is, is great. I think the colors are really stand out. It's, it's, it's helping the, the pencils in particular pop. Um, but uh, just a fun ride all around. And I'm looking forward to seeing how exactly that's going to work. Because I don't get the impression that the original Seven Soldiers of Victory trademarked their name. So... It's not like the Halo Corporation can get sued by the actual Seven Soldiers of Victory. That being said, I can't imagine the actual Seven Soldiers of Victory are going to be happy that the Halo Corporation is trying to, you know, move in on their name. But we'll see. Uh, but aside from that, really fun issue. Um, so I gave this one an 8.25 out of 10. They already had a run-in with Green Arrow, so... <laughs> that's true, that's true. He, he, might, he might just show up and be like, dudes, what the hell? That's like, my team. Fuck? Yeah. It's uh, one hell of an interesting team that, that they've pulled together. Um, yeah. Both cool and curious. They're, I mean, okay, so I, I'm, I'm really, it's, it's got me flummoxed. I don't know what the hell they're going to do. Dr. Ivo, Dr. Marvo, or Maro, excuse me, Dr. Stag, Dr. Stone, and Drs. Shelly and Shelly from Task Force Z, um, the Immortal Man's kids. What in God's name could they possibly be doing with all of those people? Plus Nora Freeze and Deathblow is a girl. 
<laughs> yeah, there's, there's, there's going on. There's a lot going on, man. It's it's yeah. pretty crazy. Hell of a great, hell of a great art, hell of a great story. Uh, I gave it a nine out of ten. Yeah, the Seven Soldiers was definitely quite the twist. Uh, like you guys said, I did not see it coming either. This book is continuing to impress me. I know we're only two issues in, but I was going to say with every issue, and I imagine, I assume, I envision that it will continue to impress me going forward. This is very cool. 8.75 out of 10. Nice, nice. As a final thing, because it's quick bite, so we need to move quick. Um, $100 is my is my offer to the person who, okay, maybe not that much. Let's say $10 is probably how much these people are worth. Um, $10 to the person who can name every single member of the Seven Soldiers of Victory on that final splash page. I think I have three. But um, I, there are some that even I don't entirely recognize. Um, but uh, yeah, $10 is my offer to the person who can do that. So if you want to claim your money, you know where to find me. All right. I mean, what do we got there's next? A, there's a chance that some of them might be original characters. It's true. Maybe. But most of them I, I feel are pretty recognizable. Or I, I feel yeah. like I've seen them before. I just don't know their names. Is there, there's yeah. Yeah. Well, I can tell you, I see the, I, I see V dude, eighty two man, Starfire Tron. V dude. Um, <laughs> yes. I, I think V dude is much better than majestic, but you know that's just me. <laughs> and you, an eighty two man, his ever faithful sidekick. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, All right. What do we got next, Rob? Never said it had to be the right names. That's true. That's true. <laughs> yes. All right. So we are going to go from a, a, a wildcats to bat girls. I got nothing with this one. <laughs> that was so bad. Uh, yeah, it's bat girls sitting right in front of you. Yeah. I was I was thinking about, I was slowly getting to that point, but I was like I already lost it. Uh, anyway, so we're at bat girls now. Uh, this is written by Becky Cloonan and Michael W. Conrad with art, colors, and letters. He's a busy guy from Jonathan Case. I did not realize until I was writing it all down that they were all done by one person. Uh, but the cover, <laughs> which is a very nice looking cover, I might add, by Jorge Corona and Sarah Stern. So very simply put, Steph Cass has an awkward dinner with Shiva while Cass Steph has an awkward car ride with Cluemaster and Babs starts working with Bruce to figure out this coin that caused the Freaky Friday situation, and they end up tracing it back to Madame Zodiac, who reveals that the wish that was granted by the two Batgirls was worded in a way so that it only lasts 24 hours. Those 24 hours just so happen to end, leaving Cass and Steph in front of their respective parents, seemingly unknowing what to do next. Except for Cass, who knows to go find Steph, because she's in a lot of danger. Uh, so I'm really digging this. Uh, this follow-up from the annual, which started this new story arc, uh, is a lot of fun. The art is interesting, and I think the balance dynamic between the two girls is great. More of this, please. I, I'm loving this. It's, it, I think I say this every time there's a new issue. It For me, it took a while to... to find its stride once they got past the fear state nonsense uh, but once they mm -hmm. did that found its stride and it's exactly what I've been looking for 
8.75 out of 10. Yeah, another series definitely continues to be very fun, coming hot off the heels of a, a really stellar annual. Um, well, I mean, stellar, but, but lots of fun there as well. Um, and uh, I think, um, I hope that it's, 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 uh, it's going to keep this energy, might be more appropriate to say, um, uh, moving forward. I, I'm, I said it before, I'm not like overly thrilled about you know, Steph doing yet another run-in with Clue Master and cast or yet another run-in with Lady Shiva. I feel like they've kind of done that to death. But I, I, can, I can give it a pass here, given that they're in a new status quo and maybe they want to see how their relationships have changed given their new status. I don't know, but I, yeah, it's, it's not something I'm, I'm really incredibly excited to see because I feel like everything has kind of been said uh, in regards to that relationship. Let's just move forward. Um, yeah. But no, aside from that, lots of fun, like Rob was saying, um, and, and it feels like the book has definitely found its footing, um, although there are some moments that are, are still a little kind of uh, uh, cringy, but I, I can move past those at least and just kind of focus in on the, the character moments that I really like. Um, so yeah, this one got an 8.5 out of 10 for me. Hell yeah. Uh, for me, most of the art was okay. Um, I felt like the dialogue while they are decidedly getting better with the Batgirls, um, I don't know, I feel like the dialogue in and around Bruce seemed a little, I don't know, stiff, I guess. But the story is still pretty interesting where it goes from here, I mean. The body swap stuff seemed pointless, but uh, interesting where it's going now. Overall, not bad. Gave it a 7 out of 10. Fair enough. And from uh, from one bat to another, I guess I will pick up the next book. Uh, right forgive on. me while I possibly stumble through this one a little bit because I wrote it out like it was a full review. <laughs> I won't read it like it is one, though. Written <laughs> by Ed Brisson, Inside and Out. The art came from John Tim with Rex Locus on colors and lettering from Clayton Cowles. This is Batman Inc. Oh, shit, what number is it? Number three. Number three, okay. <laughs> Good looking out, bro. Uh, without missing a beat of the action, we pick up with Ghost Hunter uh, waking up one of the doctors trying to get uh, them to fix Sky Spider, and Batman of China is there to pr pretty much play errand boy for anything the doctor needs. But the premise of this book is basically the origin story that uh, Phantom One is giving to Clown Hunter. Apparently, Ghost may, uh, uh, apparently Phantom One's parents were super bad dudes. Ghostmaker killed them. That's when they found out. That's when he found out that they had kids, which he adopted. And then he heard about uh, Jason Todd dying, so he wanted to raise a better Robin, who ended up going through the exact same shit Jason Todd did, uh, trying to prove himself and getting himself killed, or seemingly killed, and then coming back to life. Uh, after that, Shanghai, in Shanghai, Ghost Hunter's trying to track down Clown Hunter, and he realizes that his whole team is in danger. And that is the book. Yeah. It's got fantastic art. I loved every single line, every shallow, shadow, every palette. Uh, totally top-notch notch stuff here. And I think that the story is fun as hell, too. Um, even if I'm sitting here wondering where the hell Phantom One gets his money to afford a jet and the gas for it, <laughs> but uh, whatever, man. It's a it's a great time. I gave it a nine out of ten. 
Oh, I, I definitely also had a lot of fun with this one. It's it's not often that you get really stellar origins, but it's nice when you have one that's that's concise, effective, and and really just like gets to the heart of it, which I, I felt like it did here. Um, and feels and was, yeah, and and was um, was really able to, I guess, pick up some of the threads of DC continuity. You know, this kind of taking place after the death of Jason Todd. Um, but use it in its own way. It's not just like, oh, remember this, but it's, it's, it's almost like just casually tossed out. Like, yeah, I was basically only created to, you know, satisfy this guy's ego because his other Robin died, which is horrifying when you say it like that, but it's, it's a nice way to, to, you know, kind of pick up on some of the continuity threads and not have it be overindulgent, which I thought was really nice. Um, and the art from Rex Locus, I think, continues to impress. Honestly, might be his best stuff. He's really come a long way since the Young Justice days. I feel like I keep saying that, but it's true. So um, really solid stuff here. And I'm, I'm actually like really looking forward to the next couple of issues and seeing how this all builds. Um, so this one got an 8.25 out of 10 for me. Uh, so as interesting as this story has been, quite honestly, I'm kind of waiting for a new story already because I feel uh -oh. Ghostmaker being a dick in his past for me is quickly becoming an old trope and I just want to see something new from the character. They've Since his inception, they've slowly been trying to give him some character growth because the whole idea of an asshole type of Batman has been done before many times so it's very simple to get into the like the whole shtick of Ghostmaker, especially that we've been through uh starsky batman the knights you get that whole history you get to see him as a kid with bruce training together so that's good but now right off the bat give him some character growth and watch him change but it's not happening quickly enough for me it's been a couple of years he's been around and it doesn't feel like much has really changed for him he's still just a dick I'm waiting for something new. That might be a bit of an awkward opinion for me, mm -hmm. but it's what I'm feeling. No, it's how you feel. Still, the art's yeah. really good. I'm still liking the story. 8.5 out of 10. Yeah, not think, the high of mind. <laughs> I, think, I think what you're saying is accurate in a appropriate way. Um, I also think that, that with this uh, introduction of Phantom 1, we're going to be seeing a lot of change in Ghostmaker. Or at least that's just what I'm assuming. Definitely yeah, still I a DC right. thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What did you end up giving it? 8.5 out of 10. Not bad. It just felt weird to me that they set up this whole story with Lex Luthor and other laboratories, and then all of a sudden we just jump into a completely different story without finishing that one first. And this whole thing is Batman Inc., but it's reading like just a Ghostmaker book. It's... I don't know. It's really weird. I like it, but it's weird. I don't know. I'll see how it goes. Yeah, it's only issue three. Yeah. All right. We've been going for a little under an hour now, so I think we might just take a commercial break now, uh, and then we'll jump into our spotlight and then full reviews after the break. Stay tuned to us, Not A Robot. And we're back. Thank you for sticking with Not A Robot. I know you wouldn't go anywhere. Who else are you going to listen to? Robots? <laughs> <laughs> Those losers. 
<laughs> so we are now getting into our <laughs> spotlight reviews. <laughs> Josh is slowly <laughs> falling to pieces. <laughs> yes, those rope busts are such losers. <laughs> okay, so we are now getting into our spotlight reviews. Uh, starting off with a brand new number one, which tends to be the case with this series. But this is another big one from Tom King, and that is Ninja Street. I know I changed that. It's from Danger Zone. I thought that would hit. Danger <laughs> Street. Didn't quite didn't quite work in my mind. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. You 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 miss one hundred percent of the shots you don't take, right? Exactly. Michael Scott. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so as I said, this is written by Tom King with art from Jorge Fornes, uh, colors from Dave Stewart, and letters from Clayton Cowles. Uh, so I am going to kind of describe this in a bit of a different way because this book does tend to jump around a lot, like once every one or two pages. And there's a lot of players, uh, so I'll just kind of go through their individual stories briefly. We start off with the four lads of Danger Street, the little kids uh, riding an ATV through the streets and run into who they are calling Lady Cop, uh, who is a police officer in town who seems to know the children very well, pulls them over for riding their ATV through the streets, even though they're just on the way to the nearby desert, I imagine, a very sandy area. And they're trying to get there uh, as quickly as they can so they can just drive around. They do eventually end up there, uh, and one of the boys ends up feeling a little nauseous and sick and ends up getting off, while the other three boys drive off and have some fun and go back to pick him up later. Meanwhile, the creeper of all people in another town is chasing some guy through the streets and beats him to a bloody pulp uh, later on. The Alter Ego, who I believe, if I remember his name, is Ryder, Jack Ryder. Jack Ryder, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> is cleaning himself up and is getting his next gig up in line to be on the air because the last gig he had kind of let him go. Uh, but he has a, a lead, thanks to his agent, a new network that is national in another city uh, is looking to meet up with him and he heads there toot sweet. Uh, meanwhile, in a diner, Starman and Warlord of all people. And remind me, which Starman is this? I Mikhail forget. Thomas. There's been like 15. Mikhail Thomas. Kyle uh, Thomas. Okay. Yeah, this was, I believe, the second Starman. And this is, a lot of this history is covered in James Robinson's Starman. Um, but oh, okay. you can always just remember Mikhail is the blue one who has like orange hair. Yeah, th this was the same Starman that was in the Justice League of America for a brief period, right? Uh, yes, and that would, yeah, that yeah. would make sense because James Robinson wrote that book. <laughs> yeah, I was like he's the only too, one that yeah. cared about the character. <laughs> yeah, he didn't create him; yeah. he just was the only one that cared, I guess. Fair enough. Mm -hmm. right, so they are there together, waiting for a person who is none other than Metamorpho, but Metamorpho is missing an arm. Uh, he is, was tasked with retrieving a mysterious object, and he has it, but not with him because he came out of a salt chamber. 
how are you going to carry that with you? Uh, really weird. Very careful. Because I didn't think Metamorpho could teleport. I thought he just gets changes matter, but uh, that's neither here nor there. It is in a car parked outside, and he promises the two men that it is safe. Uh, meanwhile, on some other place altogether, which is not really described very well, uh, Manhunter, the original Manhunter, who... Oh, God, his name is just now escaping me. <laughs> oh, God. Um, Mark Shaw? He is... Yeah, or some, something Shaw. Mark. Jack? I don't Mark know if he's Shaw. the Manhunter. I gotta double check, because I think there was a Manhunter in the, like, 40s or something. Um, but I don't yeah. remember his name. But this... this but Mark Shaw was the Manhunter in the 70s, yeah. and... Well, we'll get to yeah. that later, but anyway. But it, I'm pretty, it I'm pretty sure this is Mark sure. Shaw. Um, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> uh, so Manhunter has been tasked with hunting uh, some men, of all people, believe it or not. Uh, kind of out of character for Manhunter, but, you know, we'll go with it. Uh, however, the hunt he is about to take is actually children, of all people. Uh, and those children are the four children uh, that were driving around in the ATV earlier the I think they were just called the Danger Street Gang or Danger Street Boys yes. uh, meanwhile Metamorpho Starman Ding and Bats Warlord are say it? I said the Dingbats are Danger Street Dingbats thank you <clears throat> uh, so Metamorpho Warlord and Starman are driving a convertible through the desert the same desert the four boys are in uh, to <clears throat> Uh, go to a very secluded area with their newly found object, which is in a bowling bag of all things. And this object is none other than the Helm of Fate. That is Dr. Fate's helmet, if that was not obvious enough. Meanwhile, Jack Ryder is doing his uh, audition for the new network, and it seems to be going well. Uh, but he kind of gets a bit of a weird vibe at the end because they kind of just stop him abruptly. He leaves and is told he could be called later on once the people upstairs, the head honchos, get a chance to review this tape. Uh, lady cop is playing poker with another cop and has a bit of a weird vibe about some stuff going on. And the Helm of Fate is now in the desert, sitting on a rock because it keeps tipping over in the sand as the three men begin to perform a spell to summon none other than Darkseid. And that whole shtick is so they can imprison Darkseid in the Helm of Fate, and that means they will be invaded into the Justice League. Big dreams, my friends. Big dreams indeed. Uh, Jack Ryder then gets a bit of a call uh, to come back to the studio. But it's across town, and he has 20 minutes to get there, so he transforms his creeper alter ego and heads there very quickly. Uh, the three men open the doorway to Darkseid, but instead somebody else comes out, and that somebody else instantly shatters Metamorpho, who had turned himself into glass, or no, diamond, uh, to protect himself and try and stand up against this hulking beast, but this man shattered diamond instantly. Starman gets in the way and tries to put the man down, but fails. So Warlord grabs a sword and stabs him through the back all the way through the chest, killing him instantly. Starman is just in shatters, 
just like Metamorpho, but he's more shattered the fact that Metamorpho is shattered. Meanwhile, the boy from the Dingbats of Dangerous Streets has appeared, uh, feeling a little bit better, but he's freaked out by all the unnecessary violence. And asks if everything is okay, which Starman is freaked out by, fires a blast at him right through the chest, and the boy seems to be dead. Meanwhile, Jack Ryder is meeting with the mysterious head honchos of the corporation, and it turns out to be none other than the Dingbats of Danger Street, albeit a little bit older, who are now the green team, kid mm -hmm. millionaires, team millionaires, with, I believe, Vigilante in the background. If, I, if I'm right, I think that's Vigilante. And uh, I could not tell, actually. They don't name him. He kind of just sits there in the darkness. Yes. Minor correction. The Green Team are not actually the, the Danger Street kids. They are a separate organization. But, again, we'll get yeah. into that later. Yeah. But I think... I, I fig Yeah, I figured they were separate. But I, I think... I do remember seeing in this issue somewhere the Green Team being mentioned. Yes, no, the, the, those yeah, kids actually, are the yeah. green team. They're just, yeah, they're, yeah, they're, they're, but, but the, they're the two groups of kids. Not. Yeah, they're not the, the yeah. dingbats grown up. It's all good. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of history um, here, but we'll get into that later. But we gotta. Wait, are you so, wait, so you're saying this first. green team is not the dingbats of Danger Street? Or no, no. Just the right. original? Yeah. No. Oh, because oh, honestly, could have fooled me. They look just like yeah. me. <laughs> uh, which was impressive to me. Um, and that is where our players have been left off. Everybody's kind of freaking out. Uh, the other three boys have come back to find a friend and find him dead in the sand. So they call the lady cop. She's on the way. And the Helm of Fate, who has been telling the whole story in a very uh, fairy tale esque kind of way, claims to be continued. And we'll see what happens next. So, it, <laughs> it's a hell of a ride. I, uh, so. I've said in the past, for me, Tom King is hit or miss when it, when it comes to his stories. Um, either it's an amazing piece of fiction, or it's just a very lengthy, wordy, nonsensical uh, dribble, like uh, Rorschach was. For me, though, this looks to be a Tom King hit. I think this is going to be a really good one. It may have jumped all over the place, which is something I don't like in my comic books, but I think that definitely helped the story this time instead of hurting it, because you get to see, you have, when you have so many players on the field, uh, that and you got to give them all their time to shine, especially in what seems to be maybe different time periods, when you build on this big mystery, jumping around is necessary. And I think it was, it was really well done. There's a varied and storied collection of cast members here, making this also a fun book. I cannot wait to see what's in store here. This mystery is intense. Um, I, it's, it's so intense, I don't even know what the mystery is yet, but there's definitely a mystery. <laughs> I, I think it all revolves around the helm of fate, but why? Um, honestly, 9 out of 10. I really dug this issue. It was really yeah. good. No, this is a this is going to be a very fascinating one, and uh, you'll you'll forgive me because I, I have to give a bit of a brief history lesson, um, as as you know, I want to do. So the the context behind this book, for some who may be confused, is all of these characters came from a series that DC did in the '70s called First Issue Special, which was essentially just that. It was a bunch of first issues featuring new characters. Um, 
to just kind of try it out and see like, hey, is anyone interested? So Green Team, Dingbats, Manhunter, Creeper, all of them essentially had their, their first issues. They, I, I don't think all of them debuted in these series because some I think might have come a little earlier um, like metamorpho I think you know had, had been a character since the 60s but this was just an attempt to kind of throw everything at the wall and see what stuck and you know see if anyone might be willing to support um, you know one of these one of these characters and and um, it's, it's actually a, a very interesting concept but if you go and read those books they're terrible um, because <laughs> a lot of them a lot of them are done by names that might be familiar Atlas and and uh, I believe the Dingbat story is done like by Jack Kirby. The Warlord story is done by Mike Grell, and Warlord actually would get a series later, which I find funny. Um, uh, the the Creeper story has art from Steve Ditko, right? So it's it's people that are familiar. Green Team was a Joe Simon book. Joe Simon, Captain America, obviously, but um, you know these are these are I think as King said in an interview, these are works that are not clearly not their best right so they're kind of just were hired to do something and see if maybe it would take off into something else um and and the high concept for the book was what if you took all the characters from first issue special and just threw them in one world in one giant connected story and you know see what might happen which i think is an incredible idea um and it's it's what you know king sells at is taking these minor forgotten characters and, and trying something new with them and with a with a team like the Dingbats or the Green Team or or you know even someone like um, Lady Cop or Atlas who maybe have three or four appearances total in their entire catalog, it's the perfect time to try and give them a little bit of a reinvention. So already the high concept is is something that's great. But I, I think what's really going to sell this series is is the mystery at the core of it, which is you know connected to the new gods and all the fourth world stuff, which is great because the 13th issue in the first issue special before it was canceled was um, the return of the new gods because after Kirby had left DC, the characters were just kind of sitting there until this series came along and brought them back proper and then they were forgotten again. But there's a whole other history to that as well. The point is, I, I think it's, it's, it's like, it's almost like taking history and turning it into a story, which I guess history is because it's just stories themselves, but it's, yeah, it's, it's taking these characters and trying to, to weave it into a, a grander story, even though all of them were completely disconnected, which I think is just a lovely idea. So um, I, I'm, I'm totally in love with it um, right from the concept. And I think, you know, King has, has done a really solid job trying to build up the greater mystery, but also trying to juggle a whole different cast of characters, which is a lot. I think he said there are like some 22 or 25 characters involved here, which is, is crazy to me. Um, but it's, it's ambitious, and there's no telling whether or not it will entirely land. Um, but I'm, I'm hopeful for this one, and I, I, I hope it does something really special with a bunch of characters that otherwise would have been completely forgotten. Um, maybe not the Dingbats, because I think some people have shown an affinity for them, because they're, they're, they're Kirby characters, and people love Kirby characters, especially the kid gangs that he would do. But, um, my, my hope is that it, it lands fairly well and, and, uh, and you know, tells a, a good, grand story. Um, so this one also got a 9 out of 10 for me. Um, I think really the, the high concept was just the thing that sold me right from the beginning.
Well, uh, I made it to page nine before I put it down. Waited a few more hours, then I picked it back up. Got to 16 before I quit. Uh, third sitting, I finally got all the way through it. This was so exceptionally fucking boring. I'm so over Tom King. Every fucking book he writes is the same. The caption boxes, the, the intentionally boring narrative, nine panels, everything dragging feet from one to another. Make sure that it's spread out in a million different directions so no one real really pays attention that there is ultimately nothing really going on. I'm, I'm over Tom King. He's so overrated. Four out of ten. This is this is just I the epitome. Admit. Batman, Rorschach. I mean, you're gonna let him touch stuff like Doctor Fate, like Metamorpho. I mean, fuck that. I'm done. Tom King. I can't. I can't. I can't even read it. Can't read it. He's, I will he's admit, I was not Batman. expecting that. Nope. You were not expecting that. This book was horrible. Well, that <laughs> you heard it here, folks. Different strokes for different folks, or whatever the saying goes. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Um, yeah. Uh, all right. So that will take us next to Dark Crisis Big Bang number one. Uh, we saw a lot of characters in one issue. Uh, in Danger Street, we're going to see a lot of characters in this book too. And Brandon is going to fill us in on the new map of the DC universe going forward. Yeah, that we we are, uh, or yes, we are going to see a lot of characters, and I I, well, I will fill you in on every single Earth because it's a long chart. So I would advise you. Well, I'll get into that later. But um, anyway, uh, Dark Crisis Big Bang number one was written by Mark Wade with art from Dan Jurgens and Norm Ratman, colors from Federico Glee and letters from Troy Pateri. Barry Allen is on the hunt for the missing anti-monitor in this tie into Dark Crisis. Tracking him down to Earth-28, Barry keeps him on the ropes as they travel from Earth to Earth before the anti-monitor gets the upper hand and land as they land on Earth-17. Fortunately for Barry, Wallace rallied the troops from various Earths to help him in the fight. They plan to push the anti-monitor back into the antimatter universe and succeed with Barry making the final sacrifice. Accepting that he will likely die again, Barry makes the final push, but is saved before he can fall into the antimatter universe with the anti-monitor. As their multiverses, excuse me, as their multiversal friends depart following the battle, Barry and Wallace speed off with more multiversal adventures waiting in the wings. Um, in addition to the main story, we also get a, a chart, I guess you could say, or a list of all the updated Earths um, in the new multiverse, or I guess the, the now established multiverse, however you want to refer to it. I'm not going to go through all of them. It's a long list and you don't need to. Uh, my advice for you would be to just pick up the issue and find it for yourself. Um, but that being said, uh, there are some interesting revelations within the list that I'm sure we will talk about briefly uh, before we get into our main reviews, because I know we don't want to spend too much time on it. That being said, it was really nice uh, reading this one. I, I mean, you know, I, I think we can all agree that we're, we're definitely more fans of, of Wally than Barry. Well, I don't want to speak for anyone else. Um, 
But it's kind of nice seeing, you know, a, a Barry-centric role. It's, it's been a while, and I think Mark Wade captures the, the voice of Barry Allen that I kind of prefer to hear, which is, he's not stoic, but he's not, you know, a hopeless sad sack. He's, I, I guess the word I would use is determined. I always saw Barry as the mentor figure. He's like the person that you could default to when you really needed a word of advice, and every time he would pop up, you know, in, in Wally's Flash, he would be like the point of reference, like, okay, if I really need someone to go to, I'll think of Uncle Barry. And I think Mark Wade captures that perfectly here. He's like, he's, he's on it, knows what he needs to do, he's very effective, and he's willing to make the, the ultimate sacrifice if he needs to. He's, he's the perfect definition of a hero, which some might say is a little too milquetoast, but I, I think um, Wade does a, a solid job of showing you know, the, the qualities that make Barry who he is, um, and doing it well, of course. Um, and uh, a surprise of, of surprises, it was, it was sort of strange um, seeing Barry all suited up in his classic suit. To my knowledge, he had been wearing his horrible Jim Lee design costume for a while, but here he's in the classic wingtips and straight belt. And I don't really know why that is, but if that suit's making a comeback, then, you know, freshman year me is going to be very happy because I'd been campaigning for that for a while. Um, but no, aside from that, it's, I guess it's just kind of a fun, solid romp and uh, uh, I, I guess closes some of the strings for Dark Cry. I'm not really sure when this is taking place exactly, um, but whenever it is, it seems to be, you know, uh, tying together um, some, of the, some of the plot threads from Dark Crisis and, and cleaning things up. Um, so good job there, I suppose. Um, but no, just a, a really solid read, kind of fast and... Uh, I had a good time with it, so I gave this an 8 out of 10. Uh, honestly, very simple story, but very cool to see. Uh, I'm excited about all the worlds to explore, uh, including that one world. I think it was the second to last one on the list. Are we thinking Amalgam will make a return? I, I think... Probably not. I, but that would it was be the, the clever wink and nod towards it, yes. But whether or not it will actually yeah. return is entirely up to politics way above our control. So, Yeah. Unfortunately. There's a lot of money involved in that shit. <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean, one day, who knows? It could happen. Possibly. Um, and, and, sorry, I... Just just in case I missed it, did do you uh, pinpoint something about uh, deceased? Yes, yeah, they talk about the they call them zombies, even though I think Taylor said somewhere in um, that they were they technically weren't zombies they're infected by the antilife, but yes, it's it's also there. Okay, um, I guess I did uh, my usual just. Ooh, what's this earth? Okay, it's over here. What's this earth? Okay, it's over here. Uh, looking at the yes, list. Yes, yeah. And you, you do see, and let me actually pull up the numbers because I don't quite remember which number was which. There was a panel featuring characters from Deceased in uh within the story when they were jumping through all the different worlds yeah they they designated as as 
I have the list in front of me. It's they designated as yeah. Earth fifty five, but it's it's in one of the scenes as well. But um, yeah, I mean, all the on, a lot of the a lot of the stuff is in here. You can just yeah assume that if it's not mentioned, yeah. it's probably the nitrogen. Well, no, the thing is, uh, they in the in the panel they deem it as Earth forty nine, but actually yeah. that is not Earth. Oh my God! Wait, I didn't see list. that. It Rob, I'm so is proud of you. Actually, Earth fifty five. Eagle eye, Rob. Oh my God! <laughs> That's what I've been trying to find with the numbers. Wow! Actually, yeah. You you are the actually guy now. I need to I need to pass my gut and my crown over to you. I've been waiting all week to say actually. Actually, <laughs> you need a pair of light yeah. gray sweatpants now. Mm-hmm. I've Sorry, one moment. I'll be right back. Does that count? I actually have light gray sweatpants. <laughs> if, if I remember my marble correctly, uh, a find like that would net me a no prize. And damn it, I want one. <laughs> you get a no prize. You get no prize for knowing it. I no have wanted one my entire freaking life. From when I was a kid and I saw in the comp the letters boxes people are like hey you made a mistake here and okay you win a no prize i want a no prize that sounds so cool i i've got one unofficially Great. <laughs> unofficially unofficially yeah. it counts damn it uh <laughs> did you give a score for I, this so, one yeah that's no no I, I i haven't completely finished my review yet um but uh, that was basically the end. But <laughs> uh, I'm just excited about what's gonna happen going forward. There are a couple of worlds omitted that I could have sworn were mentioned in the solicitation a few months back, or at least in various variant covers, such as um, like the White Knight series, among others. There's a couple of other Earths that were not mentioned. Uh, which I'm surprised at that they were not included. You mean within the panels, or even in, in the, the list, list at the end? Batman, wait, nice not mentioned from what I remember seeing. Mm-hmm. I believe it was even um, uh, Nathan that brought it up that two uh, variant books, uh, two Elseworld titles from recent years, were not included in the list for some reason. Alright, well, I am definitely, I'm, I'm not seeing White Knight. And of course, I yeah. trust I trust Nathan on, on his lists, for sure. Um, definitely, If there's yeah. one thing that boy knows, <laughs> it's his lists. But, uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't see White Knight. What's the other one that's missing? Do you happen to know? Uh, let, let, not off the top of my head, but if I go to his message, I might be able to it. Also, I want to know what is what is. I want to know what's going on in that image behind the list. Ooh. Aquaman Andromeda as well is not listed, which is very surprising. Mm-hmm. Ah. I, I assume there are others that you know. If they if they're not here, they're probably out there somewhere. It says that Barry is still charting this list, so. We can assume yeah. that this is an incomplete, complete version. So it's not the end-all, yeah, be-all. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's like what's 
what he has cataloged so far. But the impression yeah, I got is true. a lot of the, yeah, the Elseworlds style books that we have now that have been out are a part of this new multiverse, which yeah. sounds about right. So anything from like Batman the Night to, to Andromeda to Rogues to whatever, like they're all somewhere out there. Looks like he managed to get to, to, to go and order for quite a while and then it starts bouncing around. So, um, yeah, I think, I think I'm with Brandon on that one. This was, this one is an incomplete list, but again, I am really curious about that image behind the list. Yeah, that is the map of the multiverse from Multiversity. From Multiversity, yeah. With Grant Morrison, which mm -hmm. now realistically is an outdated map because there's a lot more than yeah. 52 Earths. <laughs> well, right. I'm just wondering if if that is perhaps up, an updated image in any way underneath that. No, it's pretty uh, much the same. From what I can tell anyway, it doesn't look yeah. like it because uh, there's yeah. still a couple of Earths there that have question marks, which were not explored. Mm -hmm. But as far as the book goes... um. The art's pretty damn good. A couple of little issues overall. It's just great. Um, seeing the different worlds we all know exist out there was pretty cool. And unusual Justice League from all over these multiple Earths uh, that Wallace gets for backup against the Animonitor. Uh, it was it was pretty cool. Um, especially the Earth 32 ones. I think those are cool. Uh, and am I crazy or? Did I just forget that lightning bolt that's in Wallace's hair? Is that new, or has has that always been there? No. I, I think that yeah, was around at least since uh, his time on Teen Titans. Yeah. Wow, how have I never noticed it before? Uh, anyway, um, hmm. they got me right up and uh, they got me with that whole Barry thing. I thought, well, that's what they're gonna do with him. <laughs> but finally the incomplete notes yet detailed uh, brandon style from barry it's got me both excited and worried there's some really really cool ones on here there's some not great ones i happen to see earth 3 is still on there <laughs> but um all in all i did not hate it it was a very quick nice one-shot read of a story to get the multiverse notes to get to the multiverse notes i mean um i'm okay with it it was a fun read Nothing really wrong with it. Probably the best Dark Crisis tie-in that I've read yet. Out of all of them, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I gave it an 8 out of 10. Uh, in case I didn't give a score, 8.5 out of 10 for me. I, I can agree. It was, it was definitely a fun read. I, I'm i kind of apprehensive to call it a, 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 like an actual Dark Crisis tie-in because it wasn't really... It's it's more like Dark Crisis Aftermath. Yeah, that's all essentially. there is yeah. for that one. Yeah. But, you know, Rob, next week it's the last issue you. of Dark Crisis. Yep. Me? No. Yeah, can you hear me? Can anybody hear me? Yeah, Brandon? I can hear you. Can you hear either of us? Type into you uh, in hello? Discord. I'm here. Brandon? 
Uh, I don't know if you can hear us. Can you can you Hello? hear me, Brandon? I can hear you, Rob. Oh, okay. Can you hear me? Okay, I see you have lost me. Yes, finished. Okay. My... Yeah, I just finished Trader Fair Speaking. Yeah. Okay. Alright, well, that was the big bang. Oh. <laughs> Wasn't much of a yep. bang. I guess the big bang is big banging the rest of the earth back into continuity. It's a really weird title, but I, I scientifically get it. I don't know. I, I could think about it all night and never understand. That's what it should have been called. Sorry? Dark <laughs> Crisis Kaboom. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so now we're going to get into our full dive reviews of ongoing books, starting with none other than I Am Batman. Uh, but not me, Jace. Jace is Batman. I am not Batman. I am Green Lantern. Hear me roar. Wow. <laughs> uh, so this is written by John Ridley with art from Christian Duce, colors from Rex Locus, and letters from Troy Pateri. We open on a uh, business intern assistant type person uh, being randomly killed in the streets, uh, and that person was none other than Tanya Fox's assistant, uh, very close to her and someone she actually had follow her to New York from Gotham so she blames herself for his death um, Lucius has shown up to be there for his wife and uh, for the whole family and see if he can help make things better uh, Jace and <laughs> oh god what's his little sister's name Tamara 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 yeah Tam Robin then, then, then there's Tam who is the older sister no Tam is 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 his is his soon to be sidekick I don't know okay that's I'm getting confused with these two. <laughs> uh, I gotta, I gotta brush up on my Fox family history, man. Uh, okay, so Tam and Jace are talking on the balcony, uh, where they kind of reveal that they know each other's secret identities and know that the others, uh, that each other have been uh, going out in costume and fighting crime. Uh, neither of them, Tiff. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, the, neither are particularly happy that the other one is going out in costume and fighting crime and hiding it from the family. 
but apparently that is something the Fox family excels at. Uh, meanwhile, at a local, uh, I am assuming a small uh, business company or small tech firm, whatever, um, there's been a meeting called unexpectedly in the evening, but a gunman comes in and starts mowing down people in the office, leaving this uh, young blonde woman crying to her mother on the phone, thinking she's about to die, but the gun runs out of ammo, so the gunman runs away. Jace in Batman gear takes him out very quickly, and uh, before he is captured, ends up shooting himself in the head with the words, they will pay. Uh, later on, uh, the cops arrive, take the body away, and treat the wounded as they can. Uh, but there is not much to go on when it comes to this gunman, as the detectives and Batman are talking after the lone gunman. is just a very toxic person with lots of toxic social board history, uh, talking about hating the government, the world's against me, and that usual bag, leading to an eventual suicide. Something unfortunately held up in real-world situations. Uh, meanwhile, Lucius and Tanya are talking over, again, stuff going on in their family, uh, and more secrets and lies that are still being kept from the rest of the family that they need to get ahead of now and maybe reveal to the family, but more on that later. Uh, over in Astoria in Queens, a woman is walking her dog but is kidnapped by a windowless van, uh, leaving her dog to just chase after the van after her owner uh, and try and get her back, but fails because the van's just a little bit faster. Um, Vol is uh, met up with Jace in the New York Batcave, I guess that's what they're calling it, uh, to talk about all the crime going on, and Vol has found some mysterious connections between all the crimes uh, being committed recently that Batman has been investigating, and they all are connected to the Fox family. Well, you might just they're be supposed coincidence, to be but, calling it the know. Helix, by the way. He's, it's the not supposed to be oh, the Batcave, okay. it's supposed oh, to yeah. be the Helix. No, I did forget they were calling it the Helix, that's right. Uh, Alright, so this woman is then seen uh, in a very uh, run-down room that looks like a house that is pretty much abandoned. The kidnappers are not willing to kill her yet, uh, but she does say, you're doing this because of him, aren't you? And the man says, yeah, uh, because somebody's got to pay. Who is that, you ask, Josh? Well, we will find out soon. Uh, later on, <laughs> Adia and Jace are talking on some stone steps where Jace is basically uh, just opens up completely, uh, confesses his love for her, but she's just not ready for that at the time uh, because he's she's really busy. She's got a lot of stuff going on, and so does he. It's not the right time. Uh, later on, Jace and Lucius are talking over some stuff about how Jace is Batman and just not sure if he's really cutting it. And uh, Lucius uh, is trying to perk him up a bit, but then uh, Tam, uh, oh my god, I gotta brush up on my Fox okay, family history. Ta ta hold uh, on. Comes ta out and Tanya, the Tanya is huh? the mom. 
Tanya is the mom. Tiffany yeah, is the Tanya older is the sister, and Tamara is the younger sister. Okay, the the thing that's confusing me earlier is that Tanya was calling the older sister Tam. Well, that's not how it's supposed to go. I'm not crazy, am I? Am I crazy? <laughs> that's why I was confused. I keep wanting to call the younger sister Tam too, but then I see Tanya calling the older sister Tam. Uh, so that's where that's where my confusion is. <laughs> so. Okay, we'll go with Tiff for now. Uh, the one with the cane, who was kidnapped before, uh, asks that uh, Jace, I was going to say Dad, Jace and Lucius to come quick. Uh, there is a stream going on where the kidnappers uh, are talking about the Fox family and how they are the target uh, and how they need... Uh, to basically pay them $10 billion in digital currency or else Lucius's little prince, Jace Fox, is going to um, find out that they have his mother and they are going to kill her. Uh, despite the fact that Tanya is standing right in front of him, this is where the secret comes out, uh, where Tanya is not actually Jace's mother. And it may or may not be the woman they've kidnapped. Yeah, I think well, and on top of that, confirmed it is. I had the sister's name okay. switched. The younger one is Tiffany. God damn. Okay, God. so I wasn't crazy. Nope, nope. <laughs> all just, right. just me getting confused all right. again, that's all. So I'm not the only one getting confused. I feel better now. <laughs> all right. Uh, so that is where the issue ended. I will admit, I did not see that coming. That's a hell of twist uh god damn this book it's equal parts superhero romp police procedural mixed with two cups of rich family drama this is the best show cbs never greenlit like, <laughs> this, this is a lot of fun I, I wish it was like a weekly tv series but it's so good and i, I this is number 16 if i remember correctly uh, and if I remember from the solicits, there's maybe two issues left, uh, and yeah, that's, that's a sucks. damn shame. Oh yeah, and yeah. you're right. I would watch this shit all day long on HBO Max. Oh, hell yeah! But here's the thing: this, I, this I need I need really you to good. speed through the first few issues of it. Mm. But the rest of it, I want I want adequately relayed onto the screen, and then go from there. But this yeah. this shit is the bomb. I fucking love this. Oh, definitely. Yeah, this this issue got a nine out of ten for me. It's a lot of fun. There's a lot of of family moments there. A lot of really good. Like, there's not a lot of action in it. It there's a lot of just talking, a lot of word bubbles, a lot of discussions. But they all have meaning. They all have a purpose, and they're all interesting. I, I love it. It's so good. It's a damn shame this book is ending. It really is. Yep. So what can you do, unfortunately? Uh, yeah, 9 out of 10 for me, if I didn't say before. What do you guys got? I want to hear your thoughts. Uh, I gave it a 8.5 out of 10. Um, the cover was really good. It says things aren't going quite so well for the Fox family. Inside, that... that uh, that comes pretty clear that it is definitely the case. Um, 
I felt like a lot of stuff was telegraphed except for that cliffhanger on the end, but that didn't bother me too much. The art was good. Um, the thing is, this thing does have, what did what, you say, two issues left, right? I believe so. Say again? You believe so? I believe so, yeah. Yeah. So how do you wrap up a storyline like a terrorist specifically attacking your family and a whole bombshell, uh, uh, a whole bombshell like, Maury, you are not the mother? Uh, I mean, that two, two issues yeah. is not a lot to wrap that up in. Um, but I guess we'll see what happens. I enjoyed it. The art got me down just a tiny bit in some spots, but not too much, man. And uh, I am assuming Brandon did not read this one. Oh, I did. I, I just didn't really have much to say, to be honest. I, I feel like I never the title um it's uh it's okay it, it it's one that has has captured my interest rarely there have been a couple issues that i thought were better than others but more often than not i just find them really bored so um yeah honestly i mean i i'm sad to hear that you guys will be upset that it will end at 18 but i'm i'm not really gonna miss it if i'm being honest um so I, i've just been very bored with the run so the reason i'm reading this for this show um otherwise i would not be reading it oh fair enough i like the story and i like the character and i just can't help but wonder what the hell is going to happen to jace fox batman after this book ends yeah bummer but in any case i guess we will move on and we shall forever wonder and wonder indeed we shall speaking of wonder <laughs> uh we are going to be looking at wonder woman uh and josh is going to give us all the wonderments there indeed written by michael w conrad and becky cloonan pencils and inks from emanuela lupertino and wade von drawbadger respectively uh, colors from Jordi Belair and Pat Blazo on letters with another cover from Yannick Paquette and Nathan Fairbairn, and they continuously are great on this book for the covers. The issue starts with half of Checkmate talking budget until they see the other half of Checkmate starting trouble. Given that we're talking about Siggy and Cheetah, I mean, well, imagine that. Actually, it turns out that they're innocent, though. They were breaking into the International Milk Company. But turns out those folks knew that they were coming. After kicking the hell out of some guards, one says, Praise Hera, which Cheetah thinks she knows that name. I mean, shouldn't she know the name Hera? Yeah. I mean, she should by now. <laughs> anyway, the last dude says, Praise Hera, and then come bubbling out of huge vats of milk come Phobos and Deimos as giant beings of milk claiming that the gods are back they change into regular people instead of milk people merge into one except they're all Goku with uh, four arms and the three are ready to fight that's when Diana shows up there's some super vanilla generic banter, and then Diana tells the other two that they are indeed fighting an avatar, so don't help hold back. And they don't. 
they kill him, or at least the Avatar anyway. Uh, they race back to D.C., where there is a huge fire and stuff to see an ancient Grecian temple floating in the air. Of course, Diana takes off headfirst into it, starts walking around, and from the shadow, someone says, Hello, Amazon, welcome to Herion, and that, which it literally means Temple of Hera. Um, they step forward, and they are Eros. He tries a little sweet-talking, trying to get Diana to come over to his side by making a point how fun it would be to make people cower. I don't know where that line of logic came from. It made no sense. Uh, then there's this huge crash, and guess who shows up? Yara Floor. It, it feels like a cheap story, kind of generic, um, but what it sets up could be far better than what we have been getting except the last time that they got into the pantheons, it was a holy nightmare. The art is, (laughs) the art is great as always. And I mean, always. Um, And I'll say this for the summary, it could be a good setup issue, but strictly because of the writers, I am approaching this cautiously. I am happy to see the phrase wonder women as the next title for the next issue. I wish that was a damn series in itself. And at least there is this. The evil psychic milk is finally over. Ah, that bumped the score up for me right away. He got a 7 out of 10. Yeah, this this honestly was hard to score for me. Because there were parts I liked and there were parts I didn't. I, I don't think the evil milk is quite gone yet. You shut <laughs> your dirty mouth. There's, there's something is gonna bring it back for one more issue. Um, I found Phobos and Deimos to be very lackluster. Even though I, I get it wasn't actually them, it was really just a figment of their milk imagination. Um, milk imaginations. Arrows showing up was a good question mark twist if only for an excuse for Yara Flora to appear because yeah. uh, really that's all it seemed like um, <laughs> you gotta tie into the better Wonder Woman book somehow Wonder Girl uh, if only that book was still around but here we are <laughs> uh, I don't know I I gave a 7.75 out of 10 I, I don't feel right about it I feel like depending on what page I'm looking at either should be scored higher or lower but I'll call it in the middle in terms of where my range is so 7.75 out of 10 Uh, I really enjoyed the art I think Cheetah's new look is nice Um, Checkmate himself are fun it's the rest of the story to be calling Checkmate Siggy, Cheetah, Ed Candy Steve and Diana. That's an odd yeah. team to be making up. Like, where the fuck is Ollie? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is like the fifth iteration of Checkmates. They're starting from the front up yet again. <laughs> For all we know, there's three other Checkmates right now. You have a very valid point there, sir. A very valid point. Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It was a, a decent issue. I, I agree with uh, with what you said, Josh. I think this setup could be leading to something better than what we've gotten, which uh, would be nice. Um, I I don't hate the idea of, of trying to, I don't know, I guess, restate their claim on Earth, but I, I don't think we've seen stories like that before, and I, I, I don't know that I entirely want to see another story like that, but uh, yeah, I guess, I guess we'll just have to wait and see, but aside from that, I didn't really have much to say. Um, yeah, I don't know, it's, it's decent, I guess, uh, seven and a half out of ten. Um, and, uh, yeah, yeah, these are the strangest members of Checkmate. I think the third iteration of Checkmate had, like, mirror monster in it, so trust me, you can go a lot weirder. That's actually a really good run, though. That's the Greg Rekka Checkmate run. Um, worth your time. <laughs> yeah, I definitely gotta check that out. Uh, alright, so, uh, from one member of the Future State Justice League to another, we're looking at John Kent's final issue, Superman's Son of Kal-El, and I'm going to hand it over once again to Brandon to tell us where he's ending up today. Yeah, we're, uh, we're wrapping up our little Trinity coverage um, with Superman Kal-El, number 18, our final issue in the series. This was written, of course, by Tom Taylor with art from Ruari Coleman and Kian Tormey. Colors from... Fajardo Jr. and letters from Dave Sharp. This league, with help from John and Superman, rebuild the Kent's house as they finish and are given assurances of its safety by Batman. Nightwing arrive with some news about the new villain Red Sun and his backstory. His parents, who were LexCorp scientists, were developing the Red Sun technology. They were killed with their son, Luis, blamed on Superman and his family. Completed their tech, he plans to get revenge, naturally. Over in Metropolis, an unsuspecting Jimmy Olsen is taken by Red Sin, and a bomb threat is called into the Daily Planet at the same time. Superman and John take care of the evacuation first before John sees the bomb in the building. At the same time, Jimmy's signal watch goes off, so John takes care of the bomb while Clark flies off. John finds that the bomb was not armed and races off to find Jimmy's watch, which has been going on for an unusual amount of time. Suddenly, he powers and crashes to Earth, coming face to face with Red Sin. He shoots John, who miraculously survives, thanks to a bulletproof vest and activates John and Red Sin have another pointless fight, and Red Sin is and taken into custody. John attempts to reason with him, but to no avail. John later has a heart-to-heart -heart with his father about not wanting arch enemies, and Clark assures him that Luis just needs someone in his life. Over in Strikers Island, Lex Luthor appears in Luis's cell and offers to help him the two working together on the mysterious Project Blackout that will bring down the Kryptonians once and for all. Um, this is the end of the except not really. Um, so, I, I don't know. It's like, I don't know, it's kind of pathetic. I don't, I don't really have much to say. I don't really have much to say. It's nice, I should say. Um, I know we're getting the adventures of Superman, John Kent coming up after this. But it just feels kind of awkward having the book just end on another storyline. Um, I uh, I don't know. Art was okay, and there are some nice moments, but honestly, it's just it's just kind of a weird way. To end it. I'm not really sure how I feel. Um, 
especially given that I think Adventures of Superman John Kent is an entirely different story. So this is basically, this is kind of just the end of this Red Sin story. Like this is just the end of this book and then it's going to pick on an entirely different point in John's life. Sorry, this is near, me. <laughs> near the pool. But anyway, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's okay, I guess. It, it's just kind of sad because this book I think started with promise and has now just petered out entirely. Um, and I, I feel hard kind of recommending this book like as a whole because where it might have started strong and had some good spots here and there, it really just ended kind of really So 7.5 out of 10. Actually, no, that's too high. This is 7.25 out of 10. That doesn't happen very often. <laughs> yeah, those look. The more that I talked about, it, the more I was like, yeah. That's, that's, yeah see, the thing good. is, I I wanna I wanna end what I'm saying with, I'm excited to see where this is going. And that's that's my biggest problem, man. The art looked fantastic. Yeah. The story was fun to read. It sets up a whole thing for John. It is super cool. Um, so Red Sin, it's not Metello like I thought. It's an angsty teenager. So check this, though. Red Sin emits red sun radiation. It turns Clark and angry with uncontrollable rage and even sometimes hallucinations. Who knows what it's going to do to John? But it has to be solved some way, right? So I think that's where Metello comes in. Um, he somehow takes the red sun shit from Red Sin to get revenge on Luther. And uh, John's belt is cool. I hope that comes back. But where does it go from here? Does it go? Does it carry on into Adventures of Superman? Do we see this shit again, or does this storyline just fucking hang in the air? Um, I wanna have faith that it's gonna continue. So, um, I'm not letting that affect my score too much because I'm really, really hoping that it's gonna continue. But since I don't know, since that question mark is just sitting there blazed all over the place, that does affect it. So it's going to get a 7.75 out of 10 for me. I would have given it an 8.5 if this wasn't the last issue. Yeah, I am honestly right there with you guys. It doesn't really feel like a final issue since it, it technically isn't we're getting adventures of superman in a couple of months but it is the final issue because the end of the it's the end of the book this new era for superman is really weird <laughs> it's so confusing in a way uh red sin really didn't last long despite all the hype going up to it uh maybe there's more to come in action 1050 considering how it ended with lex luther maybe red sin will have one more return uh, that remains to be seen. Uh, Philip Kennedy Johnson's been teasing a lot of stuff coming down the line for action. So maybe there's going to be a lot of stuff coming uh, for Red Sin. We'll see. Uh, but I agree. It it's it sucks to be a final issue like this. It, it doesn't feel like it. It kind of just ends. And that's it. <laughs> there's no yeah. excitement. There's no um, stay tuned for more. Uh, it's just like, okay, bye, we're done. So long. 
despite that, as much as I didn't like that, that did affect my score, but not as much as it affected you guys's, uh, because I still enjoyed the issue uh, quite a lot. And if I looked at it as just any other issue, the art was good, the story was interesting, Red Sin was a, a somewhat interesting character and a, a good counterpoint villain for John. And John and Clark had some great moments, uh, some really good moments in this book. Uh, so I gave it an 8.5 out of 10. Because I'll grade it like any other issue and just ignore the fact that it's the last one because it really doesn't feel like it's the last one. It may be the last one for this title, but same creative team and same characters in a couple of months just with a different title. I don't know why they couldn't just follow suit with, with Red Hood because uh, that book had like three different titles during its 50 issue run. So <laughs> just do that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right, so, yeah, so 8.5 out of 10. That was my score. We'll see where the future of John Kent goes. Maybe. 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 If he has one. He might not. <laughs> God, I hope he does. Cool character. But we will find out, I think, the next week or the week after is action 1050 it's coming very soon I, isn't it it is this month right or is it in january uh brandon i'm pretty sure it's this month i've been I, looking at I what's think? coming up frequently and now i just don't remember <laughs> i I'd, I'd have to look it up Either way, it is the next issue of Action Comics, so we're getting it within the next month at least. <laughs> I believe in the next two or three weeks, we're getting Action 1050, so it's coming soon, and we're going to see what's going to happen with the Super Family going forward. I can't wait. Um, well, what else I can't wait for right now is to find out everyone's top three books of the week and favorite moment if you had one. Conveniently, it is now the segment where we talk about our top three books and favorite moment if you have one. So, boys, what's two weeks out, by the way. list this week? Eh? It's two weeks out, by the way. We get it is it. two we weeks get, out. Yeah, okay, we, last we'll week get it on the, the 27th. Right on. Agreed. But, um, as far as the top three and favorite moment, man, um, number three would have went to Superman. It would have went to Son of Kal-El, but it can't. So it is going to I Am Batman. Number two, also Batman-related, Batman Inc. And number one, by the longest stretch of imagination, also Batman-related, Wildcats. Um, and speaking of which, that's also where my favorite moment came from. Don't call me Ladytron. Fucking loved it. I've been waiting for that. That was it. <laughs> Uh, Brandon, what about you? Brandon? Wait, Josh, can you hear him? I cannot. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh. <laughs> I thought I'd unmuted. Oh. <laughs> well, we are just <laughs> on our me. game today, are we not? Hey. I know. Wait. Well, the funny thing is, like, I, you said, you said, Brandon, what are yours? And I was like, I went to click it. I had it muted, and I guess I just had not clicked it. Anyway, um, no, sorry. At, at number three, I had Batman Inc. Uh, at number two, 
I had uh, Wildcats, also just a, another really solid series. But number one, I have to give to Danger Street. I really enjoyed the crap out of that one. I'm looking forward to, to seeing what comes next. But my favorite moment easily has to go to the... Um, I don't know what you would call it. I mean, I know they called it like the Megaton Punch or whatever on the Flash TV show. I remember that from the first season. But um, I forget what he calls it in this issue exactly. But just seeing him lay that punch on the anti-monitor was, was pretty cool. Um, so that, that's definitely my favorite the, moments. The strongest punch in the multiverse or something like that, wasn't it? Yeah. I think that's what he called it. I have no idea, yeah. I thought it had a specific... I, didn't I, write I it think down. In, in I know, I know they called it something called on the Flash, too. Punch. I thought it was like the Megaton Punch. Oh, I have yeah, yeah, something like that. Video game. Yeah. Uh, I have new... Uh, sorry, Josh, what was your number one? Wildcats. Wildcats, okay. Wildcats. Uh, well, conveniently, that is my number three, is Wildcats. Uh, a lot of fun there. Number two, I had I Am Batman... Uh, and at number one, I had Danger Street, <laughs> Beyond All Measure of Odds, a Tom <laughs> King book made by number one. Um, really digging this. I don't think I've enjoyed a Tom King book this much since maybe Mr. Miracle. <laughs> that was just depressing. That was like reading the <laughs> diary of Anne Frank. It was that mixed in with the Matrix. Like, it was so <laughs> freaking weird. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, also I gave us the popular phrase that coined Dark Side is. Ugh. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a staple. It's a shtick. You know, it's got to be nine panels. Uh, and favorite moment, uh, for me, Wallace returning to Barry with some multiverse backup. Uh, I love seeing a, a multiverse team of heroes, and this was definitely disappointing. Uh, a lot of people we've seen before, but really cool to see nonetheless. All right, so that was our favorite moments, and now it's time for your favorite moments. It is... The Biggest Thinker. Oh, that's nasty. Fucking P.U. All right, boys, what made your stink list this week? I'll start it off. My stink <laughs> list. My stink list is your number one. Danger Street. Oh, no, uh, really? 25 characters. You're going to give to Tom King 25 fucking characters. He couldn't handle the Bat family, and you're going to give him 25 fucking characters? Danger Street. How appropriately titled. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I thought for sure. Well, I'm assuming Brandon and I have the same one, so I thought for sure you would also have it. <laughs> uh, well, I guess we'll see. Um, I mean, well, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's tough because I think originally I would have said I'm Batman, but I think I'm I'm more bored by that, whereas I'm just incredibly disappointed with Son of Kal El, um, and I think ultimately. Because of that, I'm going to have to give that uh, my biggest stinker uh, award for this week. Well deserved. I I am in shock because <laughs> I thought for <laughs> sure we all would have agreed uh, on this book. 
I would have bet money on it. But my biggest stinker is Batman Spawn because it's yeah. the only book oh, that, yeah, bro, that yeah, like, no, made me fall even, asleep. Oh, well, that's like bad on a level I can't even it. write. Oh my god, yeah. yes. <laughs> yes. So I, I disappointing. I enjoyed most of the rest of the other books. Batman Spawn was just friggin' boring. And, and I'm, a book like I'm, that I was much a fan of Greg Polo's art as anybody else. But this just didn't have it for me this, this time around. And and when you guys mentioned that yeah. uh, McFarlane did the inking, I'm like, okay, that's that's what did it. It it just looks so different and so lackluster compared to other work he's done. I just it wasn't working for me either, so it's just not worth it. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. And I I think well, let's be honest. The book exists for for two reasons. Um, number one, because they're making a, a really big spawn for now, and they want to make a shit ton of money. Which is respectable. Hey, get your coin where you can. Um, but the, the second reason that this exists, particularly the reason that it exists in this form, which is to say it was written by Todd McFarlane, is because I think Todd McFarlane wants to say that he wrote Batman Spawn. Because if you look at the history of Frost between these two characters, this is the only time that Todd has ever stepped up to the plate and had it you know, written by him proper. And I, I think, because I just, I thought about the conception of this book, and I was like, why... Why? Why did you write this? Like everyone knows you can't write, and I think he knows it too. Um, although he's tried to refute those claims many a bit. Uh, uh, why? Many, like you literally could have gotten times. anyone. Anyone would have jumped at the chance. Um, like you got Frank to do it the first time, and that was bad. But you know, like, I understood why. They got uh, the the three writers who worked most prominently on Nightfall to do the second one. Better, but. I understand why. You could have gotten anyone. Plus, the, the obvious choice would have been to just get Scott Snyder because he's using the Court of Owls and he co-created them. Like it makes sense. But I, oh I man, that's a good idea. Because he wanted to see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, see, he got him to. You know, I guess Ghostwright isn't quite the right word, but he did like a chapter in the Spawn 300 issue that came out. Um, but yeah, it, I, I don't know. It's it's very strange. Like I, th I think it really only exists because of ego. Yeah, probably. Who do you, you think is better? Like, oh, I got to write this issue. Whose ego do you so, think is yeah. bigger, Todd McFarlane's or Rob Liefeld's? Uh, no, definitely Rob. Definitely <laughs> Rob. Um, uh, and, but that's that's a whole other thing. I think I think Rob also may have. Well, I don't want to. I don't, I don't want to speculate, but we, we can talk about that off the air. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think Rob may have some other things as well. Um, but yeah, no, Todd, Todd definitely has a, has a big ego. But I will say Todd is more charismatic. Well, maybe that's not true. <laughs> he is actually a very charismatic guy. Um, he just kind of flies off the handle when he's on Twitter or whatever. Yeah. At least he brings us amazing toys. Yeah. Well, the, the, a lot of these people are like that. Like standard, so like they can say the most out of pocket things you've ever heard. Um, Coaches. They're just incredibly entertaining and charismatic and gregarious people. Very, very on point. There it is. All right. So I guess with that, is our show. Uh, so remember, you can help support us by going to 
buymeacoffee.com forward slash NAR podcasts. Check us out on Twitter at Not A Robot Podcast and subscribe to our Substack for bonus reviews, articles, and more. You can find links to that, other episodes, and various many a thing on our website. As always, there's only one way we say goodbye around here. Until next time, be good to each other. And don't be a robot.